Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. Sports stuff. I'm Matty the Fan. I'm your host, Wendy. The Raptors, that they really did it. Like, we had no expectations at all. Um, obviously, the, the trade happening today takes away three rotation players from a team that's already pretty short on talent as is. And obviously, it's not like they're just going to instantly teleport R.J. Barrett and Emmanuel quickly um, into this game. Although, I welcome new faces on this team. Because it's just the Raptors, yeah, they they are the ones. They really were the ones. We saw this coming for weeks ahead. Uh, we saw this coming when the Pistons had like twenty plus losses. That was like, you know, they're going for the record on the twenty uh, for the twenty nine straight loss, and it's against the Raptors, and it's the second half of back to back coming out of Boston. They're losing some time, whatever. They get in at three a.m. Whatever. Nobody cares. You lost to the Detroit Pistons. You lost to the Detroit Pistons. And, you know, before I go on further with the, the reaction show today, I just want to put out the idea that this is something that, you know, look, I'm on a Sportsnet platform, which, me, which means there are certain rules, especially when it comes to swearing or the reach of the show is broad enough where, you know, I have to show some restraint. But my goodness, you are the first team since October to lose to the Detroit Pistons. And I don't care what the circumstances were. I don't care that the Pistons got like a generational game out of Kevin Knox nailing like multiple buzzer beaters and Bon Bogdanovich, whatever. It doesn't matter. You lost to the Detroit Pistons. And that is squarely on the Raptors. I don't want to hear any excuses. Nobody wants to hear any excuses. All people want to know is what are the next moves? Because we have been saying this on the show. Everybody who has eyes who have been watching the Raptors has been asking this question in mind. When are they going to break this thing up? And we saw the first step, saw the first domino with OG getting shipped out. Okay, you know, more thoughts on that later because this is going to take precedence. But I will touch on that trade a little bit later. But OG gets moved out. Who is next? Who is next? Because this team is not it. And you know what's really interesting to me is we can get into... Who performed today? Who didn't perform today? Darko's decision-making. We can get into even giving the Pistons credit because the Pistons really did do everything they needed to do. Limited turnovers, uh, nailed free throws. They shot 35 or 40 from the foul line when it was intentional fouling towards the end. They only missed one down the stretch. Like, things like that. But my curiosity is, what is Masai and Bobby? Whichever one that goes to the pony, and it better not be Bobby. It better be Masai. If Masai sends Bobby to the press conference, because somebody's have to go to the press conference when they introduce the trade, right? When R.J. Bear comes in, Emmanuel quickly. And I don't want to see the three of them together there. I don't want to see the two players and the front office. No. Two separate sessions. The two players, welcome to Toronto. R.J., welcome home. Sorry what it looks like right now, but hopefully you can clean this up. Emmanuel quickly, welcome to Canada. We badly need a guard. You are going to be playing 40 minutes a night for us. You are going to be our instantly our best guard going forward. Hopefully you will re-sign with us in restricted free agency uh, because we need you. We're going to end that press conference, and then we need the one-on-one with the front office. And it better not be Bobby. It could be Bobby and Masai, but it should be Masai. Somebody has to answer for this. You lost to the Detroit Pistons. You handed out free wing stop to the greater city of Detroit. You fed these people who have not gotten the free wing stop for two months. 
They went through all of November without a win. They were about to go through all of December without a win. And you are the team that came in and did this. You will always be remembered for this. You understand, right? Like, the players that took place tonight, it wasn't just that they lost the game to the Pistons. It wasn't just that the Pistons played well enough to win. Um, you played essentially in the Kobe 81 game, which also was against the Raptors, obviously. People know this. You played in uh, the two games that the Raptors lost to the seven-win Charlotte Bobcats from 2011. That team won seven games all season, and two were against the Raptors. Two. You won't lose one. That's that's a coincidence. But two. This is like a one-in-a-decade generational type event. Seriously. 81, you lost two to the last team that only won seven games, and then you snapped at the Pistons' record uh, losing streak. The Pistons were right there, right there, with like no end in sight for the Pistons, and you couldn't get it done. And honestly, like, you got to hold this. The circumstances, no one's going to care about the circumstances. You think 10 years from now, people are going to be like, oh, but, you know, the Raptors made a trade that day. And, and you know, you know they, they got in at 3 a.m. They got in at 3 a.m. You know, like, it, it's, uh, you know, it, it's a team where, you know, like, they're, they're not particularly strong on defense, even though the whole team is built on defense. But somehow they're going to give up 129 to the Pistons, shooting 50% from three and giving them 40 foul shots. And yeah, you could say there was intentional fouling at the end. I don't care. You still gave up 30-plus free throws then towards the Pistons. No one's going to remember that. Those are little footnotes. No one's going to remember that. You're only going to be remembered for the fact that you lost to the Pistons. Such a disappointing result on every level. And look, everyone has been making jokes about this team. Everybody. You know what? They deserve it. That's what they showed tonight. They deserve it. They absolutely deserve it. Where was the defense from this group? And I, I'll give the Pistons credit. They hit tough shots. Uh, their, their guys played well. They deserve it. Like, honestly, I was surprised they didn't, like, storm the court at the end of the game, like, a, at the end of, like, a college final or something. Like, that's really what should have happened. Like, they should have dropped free wing stop from the rafters like, like, like streamers because that's how significant this was for the Pistons. I'm so happy for the Pistons fans that were there, that got to witness history. I hope they keep the game ball. I hope all the Raptors have to sign that game ball, and I hope the Pistons send that game ball to the Naismith Hall of Fame because it's a piece of infamy that they participated in tonight. And and honestly, there's, there's nobody you could really even let off the hook. Like, there really isn't. Like, I, I, the circumstances were tough. I get it. Okay, I get it. Sometimes to get in at three a.m. and 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 you know what? That happened. It's a scheduling quirk. You know they they played hard against the, the Celtics last night. I was in a really good mood. I liked their effort against the Celtics. Yeah, they lost. Yeah, they got a premium opportunity to beat the Celtics. By the way, who were on the second half of back to back, surviving overtime against these exact Pistons, who then rested Jason Tatum. They're like, we can probably beat the Raptors without Jason Tatum. We could probably beat the Raptors without Jason Tatum and Chris Tapsperzingas. We could probably beat the Raptors without Jason Tatum, Chris Tapsperzingas, Al Horford. We can probably beat the Raptors starting Luke Cornett, Sam Hauser, and guess what? They did. They actually did. But at least that was a good effort from the Raptors. I like that effort. This game, nasty, nasty. Um, it was it was tight to start the game. You thought maybe the Raptors can just get it to halftime, tied, and then they can make a push. No. The Raptors fall apart in the second quarter. The offense just is not going in. And honestly, how can the offense go in when Darko's only concern is 
oh, how do I manage minutes? How do I make sure all my guys come in at all times just so that make sure, you know, like, you know, I guess they're tired. So what I'm going to do is play them for two minutes at a time and then sub guys in. I've never seen Chris Boucher sub into a first quarter and they have to sub out in the same, you know, he's like the sixth or he's like the fourth reserve that comes in off the bench. And the breaks are so short that he comes out of the game just to sort of give all the starters like really, really short, you know, bursts of minutes and whatever. The starters, they deserve it too because Scotty, from the start of the game to the end of the game, was just complaining, complaining, complaining at Tyler Ford over and over again. I don't know how Tyler Ford did not give Scotty Barnes a technical foul, including at the very end when Scotty took it off the rim after he missed a shot, complained because, you know, he got Dern. There's some contact. I don't even know, man. It's the Pistons, but whatever. It doesn't get the foul call. Uh, the Raptors go and empty possession. Scotty complains. Next trip down, Scotty gets the rebound off the Pistons. Miss comes all the way down the floor, dunks the ball. It gets the and one call, and then he just screams right in his face. And the ref still didn't call timeout. You know what? That's weak on the ref. The all game, Scotty was complaining. And you know what? Until the fourth quarter, when Scotty for the last five minutes turned it on, went to the jump hook, went to the you know, onto the power game, scored like four buckets in a row, and it's like, okay, here you go. Scotty's gonna carry us back. Look, where was that for the other thirty minutes that he played? Where, right? And look, listen, this is not about today. Obviously, long term, Scotty is an all star. Scotty is, you know, having an incredible seasons. You know, and, and even today, after like not really performing well at all for the first 30 minutes, still finishes with 22 points, nine rebounds, two assists, two steals, a block. Obviously, that's there, and it does all their scoring in crunch time. But you know what? There are going to be games, and when you are the number one man, when you are on in Detroit, second half of back-to-back in December for a losing team, and that's the difference. You have to show up for every single game when you are the number one man. And Scotty has been amazing this season showing up. So this is not about just the overall critique. But tonight, for 30 minutes, the number one guy did very little. And honestly, for Pascal, first half, first quarter, the number of times he got a short shot that went short, a a jump shot that wasn't going in, just the number of shots that rolled off the rim. It was like a Tim Horns commercial. Like, enough. Enough. Play, come off of two feet, pump fake, Finish strong or draw the foul. Like, just always the spinning away from contact, the stretching. You know what it looks like when he plays strong? Third quarter. Pascal Siakam goes for, like, I don't even know, 20 at least. Single-handedly takes the Raptors from being down 10 to tying the game, going up briefly, and whatever. The Pistons, like, Bogdanovich hits some, like, buzzer-beating miracle. Okay, fine, you're still down four. But Pascal got them back into this game in the third quarter. Herculean effort. The kind of effort where I'm like, wow, like, this is what you have to salute. Because you know what, Pascal? He's reached this point in the franchise. And maybe, you know, you'll climb out of this. Maybe you'll stick around, you know, and, and, and you will see some brighter days and there'll be appreciation. Well, this is the point that Pascal's gotten to for the franchise. Nobody appreciates, nobody cares about anything. He can have a 35-point game. He can have a 40-point game. No one even sings his credits at all anymore. It's just like, all right, cool. When are we going to move on? That's the overwhelming, like, theme the message and i'm sure not every fan is like this but i'm telling you the grand scheme is that but still that third quarter when i saw pascal try his very best to carry this group and successfully carrying this group that's what we needed to see the raptors need to approach this game like a game seven so for scotty to not show up until the fourth quarter 
disappointing. For Pascal to not show up in the first half, disappointing. For Pascal to strong start the third quarter and finish the third quarter, amazing, great. For Scotty to finish the last five minutes of the fourth quarter, great, amazing. But that needed to happen for the whole game. They needed a number one guy tonight that said, you know what? Let's just let, let's go together, okay? You know what? It's the Pistons. If we lose tonight, we have everything to lose, you know? But we're not going to let this happen. We are not going to be the team that gets up to 81. We are not going to be uh, remembered in that fashion. But it wasn't enough. It just wasn't enough. And you know who started the game strong for the Raptors? Jakob Pertl. We were gassing up Jakob Pertl for rebounding and blocking the Pistons. That's what got the Raptors off to a good start was Jakob Pertl rebounding. And you know what he finished with? Four points. Like, that cannot be your engine. And, like, Dennis, Dennis played as well as he possibly could have. 30 points, 9 assists, 11 of 18 shooting, knocks down three threes as well, perfect 5 of 5 from the foul line. Honestly, even, like, you, you can't blame him. You can't blame Gary. Gary got more deflections today than I've seen from him in any game. And whatever, part of that is because they're playing the Pistons. But, like, four steals, multiple end-to-end layups, six threes for the Raptors, half the team's total, eight of 16 from the field, uh, you know, trying his very best defensively, whatever. His defense is mostly, let me just try to grab at the ball, and if I get the ball, then it's a steal. If I don't get the ball, then it's probably a blow-by or a foul. But you know what? Gary gave you the best of what Gary can do. He even gave you four assists. That's a week's worth of assists from Gary. But then you look at the second unit, and whatever. Of course, the second unit is going to be impacted because you lost OG a starter, Malachi, who honestly has been in the rotation for the last week, hasn't been, probably because he's in the trade. Precious, last couple, you know, has been in the rotation, hasn't been uh, playing the last couple of days, probably because of the trade. So, but whatever. You lose three rotation guys. But okay, fine. You lose three rotation guys. That's like an average game in December. It's guys are not available. The Raptors have been remarkably healthy. The only injury that the Raptors have had to cause players to miss games was OJ and OB moving some furniture and cutting his thumb for a week. Like, the Raptors have been, like, the healthiest team in the league, and they're 12-20. and 20. And so you miss three rotation players because of the trade tonight. Fine. Next man up, because no one's crying for you when you're playing the Pistons. So what is your professional duty as an NBA player when they come in? Right, Auto, Garrett, I guess Garrett Temple is on an ankle injury, just on the sideline, dressed like a you know head coach. Okay, honestly, they could have used Garrett Temple tonight. If he was healthy, they would have played him, and he probably would have made a difference. But you know who they have out there tonight? Thad Young, Chris Boucher, Jalen McDaniels, Otto Porter Jr. They gave you six from Thad, four from Chris, two from Jalen, zero from Otto Porter. The stat line is subtract two each time until you get to zero. I'm going to be respectful to this because most of these guys don't see playing time. And this is the natural part of every player's life cycle. You play on a team long enough, you eventually get to this point where you're this, okay? But Darko does this thing, and I'll get to Darko in a second. Darko does this program. It's called the Get Ready uh, Games. So for the rotation players, they don't play in that. But the third unit guys, they play in that. Get Ready Game is Raptors, second unit, it's the third unit guys, Versus assistant coaches. Okay? Versus assistant coaches. Typically, I don't get to see this. One day I practiced, you know, was waiting on an interview with Garrett Temple, who was playing in the, the get ready runs. So I'm standing around at practice. They let me stay around and just watch it. And I'm watching the run, and I'm like, all right, 
I see this. Okay, I get the idea here. You know, like this is this is what you need to do to stay ready or whatever. And the guys playing in it were exactly this: Thad Young, Chris Boucher, Jalen McDaniels, Otto Porter, uh, Grady Dick, um, who didn't see time today in a game against the Pistons. No Grady Dick, and honestly, fine, I'm cool with that. That's probably the only good coaching decision Darko made today. Um, but those five guys are playing in it along with Temple, who's out tonight. And I'm watching the game, and I'm like, you know, who's really impressing me in this like, you know, stay ready run? You know who's impressing me? Noah Lewis, Raptors assistant coach. Noah Lewis, who, by the way, if you know the name, it's because he's actually in that lawsuit with the Knicks. Uh, but whatever. Let's put that one aside because that has nothing to do with anything. I'm watching this game and I'm like, damn, Noah Lewis knocking down three threes in this game against NBA professionals. That's impressive to me. As an assistant coach, damn impressive. Looked it up. Apparently, he played some basketball in college. He must have because damn. But my point is, you take the get ready run and you put him against the Pistons, they give you 6420, like a phone number. And you know what? I don't even want to, it's not even necessarily on them because most games you don't see them. So it's hard to expect them to step in and do something. But my God, it cannot be zero. The Pistons bench has Killian Hayes, James Wiseman. Perfect. Four or four. James Wiseman has two total wins as a member of the Pistons. You understand that, right? He's played more than he's played like 50 games with them now. He's he's got two, he's got two wins, and now he's got three tonight. But he's four or four from the field for eight points. Alec Burks, a man who like honestly has been in the fringes of the league forever, but somehow always manages to get rotation time on losing teams like Detroit. 16 points. Four of six shooting, five of five from the foul line. And all you heard from the broadcast, and the best of the bench, bench guys was Thad Young. People were like, you know what? It's really impressive that Thad Young gets into the game and he's still able to score. You know, look at him battling, you know, offensive, you know, what, you know, get some steals, whatever. I mean, yeah, that, that, look, listen, it, it is impressive. I, I do appreciate that about Thad. And he's probably going to cook YMCA runs from now until whenever he's done playing, the, playing this game. But he comes into this game throws away a couple passes, and steps underneath Alec Burks' shot to give him three free throws. That's still not a net positive. Like, we're praising a net negative, like, ultimately. Like, I want to show respect to all of this. That's where this group is at right now. And, like, you know what? On a night where the Pistons are actually playing amazing, they're playing with great effort. They have 10 guys who, you know, in the rotation. I mean, like, they had more pop off the bench than the Raptors did. It's just... Man, again, I'm looking forward to that press conference. I am looking forward to that press conference. I really regret not being in Toronto right now because I would love to be at that press conference uh, to hear and to potentially ask questions about, first off, the incoming trades. Why did OG leave? Uh, Why did you make this move? Which I'm not against. I'm not against the move. Just want to know why. And then I want to have the separate press conference with the front office. I need to hear from them very clearly what their expectations were heading into the season, what they're disappointed by, and also what their further response is. I'm not expecting them to say, we're going to trade Pascal next. We're going to trade Gary next. We're going to trade all these guys on end-of-the-year deals, which, by the way, it's not like these guys don't make money. Like, it's not like Thad, Chris, McDaniels, Otto are minimum guys. You know, Thad makes eight. Chris makes 11. McDaniels makes the biannual at five. Otto makes, like, eight. It's not like you have to play minimum guys at the end of the bench. No, these are guys that you intentionally sign to actual substantial money. Not nothing like big, but like actual money. And in a game where the Pistons, you needed everything on deck, they couldn't give it to you. 
So the front office, love to hear the decision-making on that. Love to hear the construction of the roster. And honestly, past the, the words and all that kind of stuff, I just love to, I just love to see more moves. More moves. Because anything to sort of distance yourself from this memory, from this team, which has been a deep, deep displeasure to watch, it needs to be made. Bring in you guys. Play in a different way. Bring in you guys. And Darko, honestly, you know, the thing with Darko is, look, it's it's so hard to pin anything down on Darko specifically because there's there's a lot of other things to blame, okay? Um, the team has been in, in flux for a long time. Finally, they made the move for OG. We'll see what other moves they make. So there's been a lot of focus on the front office, and rightfully so. Um, the last head coach in Nick Nurse obviously had his incredible highs, right? Best Raptors coach that they've ever had. Coach was the champions right away, then won coach of the year. Uh, last year, a lot of turbulence within not just Nick and the players, but Nick and his own coaching staff. So there's problems there. He ultimately moves on, including, honestly, you couldn't just resist not quitting in, in, in public in Philadelphia while your team is in the middle of a playoff chase. Whatever. So obviously you made that change at head coach, partially because both sides wanted to move on. Okay, fine. You bring in Darko after a very long search, right? The immediate response was Raptors reportedly interested in Ime. Guess what? The Houston Rockets acted, boom, very quickly. Let's, let's get Ime. So they get Ime. Then Ime convinces the, the, the Rockets, you know what? Let's not sign James Harden. Let's go put, put that money towards Fred Van Vliet. Okay? He's going to change our culture. It's going to be like a shorter-term contract, you know, and they do it. Raptors end up losing Fred for nothing. But the Raptors in this whole time, they're searching. They're searching. They're searching. Which head coach are we going to get? To the point where it's like, let's get, uh, you know, let's get him, like, as part of the job interview, uh, a chance at doing PR, Okay. Let's get him into a mock press conference scenario. And this is all documented on Open Gym, so this is not me revealing any secrets. All right, all documented on Open Gym. Let's get, let's get members of the you know assorted MLSE staff to act as reporters and grill Darko as as part of a as part of a coaching you know interview. And honestly, it's kind of an innovative idea, if I have to say, because a lot of the job of a coach is to go to the media day after day after day after day, every single press conference. Pre-game, post-game, practice, you know, start of the season, end of the season, the coach speaks. The coach speaks more than anybody else in the whole organization. So the coach is going to have to speak on things like roster construction, things like injuries, things like reports, things like all, all his players, things about his own job. It's a big part of a job's, uh, a coach's job to do is talk. So they go through this whole exercise. And you know what Darko has done since that point? Given us generational quotes. Like the kind of quotes that like Bleacher Report, ESPN, these teams, don't, these guys, they don't even care about the Raptors, especially not a losing version of the Raptors. Like let us know when you make a trade or something. But like generally speaking, we're not going to cover the Raptors. But you know what? These quotes are too good. We don't have Steph Curry. It's not like we have Steph Curry on our team. That's got to be a quote graphic. Let's put that out there. Now it's in everyone's meme folder. Um, you know, about Malachi Flynn. When I first saw him, I told him, you're really ugly when you don't smile. Uh, you should smile. You're a handsome man when you smile. Okay, meme. That has to be another meme. There you go. Smile. That that that's the meme. And then you know you have even earlier in the season, Darko's offer. If you guys win three games in a row, if you guys as a professional NBA outfit getting paid, I don't know what the Raptors budget is, but roughly about 160 million dollars. If you guys as a 160 million dollar outfit 
win three games in a row. Free dinner. And you know what? After the Pistons got wing stop, that's the new wing stop. Because the Raptors have not won three games in a row. Are they actually going to cash in at any point on this promise by Darko? Three wins for a dinner. Another quote graphic thrown out there. So you know what? That whole coaching search, fine. You, fine. You end up getting a coach who ends up saying things that ultimately get memed. So what? How's the actual coaching itself? Well, he comes in, changes pretty much everything that the previous coach had done. Not a surprise, I suppose. I mean, they wanted to replace the coach. Why not do everything the opposite of the last coach? And you know what? Fine. Try that approach. Try that approach. But then when you need to get serious, when it doesn't work out the new way, and you need to go back, you need to go back to all the things the Raptors need to do. The Raptors used to play a lot of zone. Let's play a lot of zone. Fourth quarter, crunch time. We can't get a stop against the Pistons. We're playing zone. Okay? Uh, why don't you just play a box on one next? You know, why don't you just get a hat that says DR on it instead of NN? Because that's essentially what's happening here. We're going to give the ball to Pascal. We're going to get the ball to Scotty. We're going to clear out for them. 0.5 offense. We've seen a lot of 0.5 offense. We've seen a lot of like, okay, let's bring the ball up quickly. Let's input into the high post onto Jakob. Let's set an off-ball screen. All right, let's maybe throw a high-low pass. Maybe let's get it back to, you know, Dennis for a flowing to pick and roll, then bounce pass, then make the next pass, tackle closeout, flow, 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 flow. 0.5 offense is the, what the uh, Sacramento Spurs, or the Sacramento Spurs, the San Antonio Spurs did in the 2014 championship. Do we look anything like that team? Do we look anything like that team? And I get it. It wasn't going to magically happen with this roster, but they've had to go back and go back and go back and go back to what worked last year to the point now where, you know, what's quietly happened the last two games. Pascal's played 40 minutes the last two games. Why? Why is that a surprise? Pascal plays a lot of heavy minutes. Last year, Pascal probably had like 30 games in the season where he played 40 minutes. Well, here's this. The Raptors all season, and it's been 30 games now, outside of overtime, which Scotty played 41 in the overtime win against San Antonio, and Pascal played 41 in the overtime loss to Chicago early in the year, which was so embarrassing, by the way, but we're just going to forget all that. They lost to the Pistons here. Raptors have not had a player play 40 minutes of regulation up until yesterday and today with Pascal playing 41 against the Celtics and 40 here against uh, the Detroit Pistons. Now, why is this significant? Well, first off, that was one of the big problems that, you know, happened with Nick Nurse overplaying the, the starters. We got to overplay our starters because we need to chase wins at all costs. Well, guess what? This is a game where you need to chase this win at all costs. Yeah, the circumstances are difficult, you know, but let's try, let's try to chase the win. And they played Pascal the 40 minutes. Where's that for the rest of the guys? Everybody needed to play as many as possible. Thad Young playing 11, five minutes too long. Chris, Chris Boucher playing 17, probably 10 minutes too long. Jalen McDaniels playing 17, including fourth quarter. Fourth quarter, he puts in Jalen McDaniels because Scotty needs a breather. Uh, and, and, and not just a, like a quick breather, like a one-minute breather, like a one-minute plus a timeout, artificially long breather. No, no, no. Let's, let's actually keep McDaniels in for a couple of possessions. And he commits two shooting fouls, given to the Pistons for four points, and he turns the ball over trying to create off the dribble. To the point where, honestly, I'm watching the broadcast, and I hear Jack saying, look, you, look respectfully, Jalen, you need to know your role. You can't take it there. Sometimes I see what... I hear what Jack is saying on the broadcast making more sense than what I'm watching from the actual teams and the coaching made decision on the floor, okay? They needed to, they needed to stretch the minutes tonight. 
They needed a Nick Nurse type of effort tonight just to get past the Pistons. And whatever. Great. Bigger scheme of things. Regular games. Let's not do that. But anyway, go back to the Pascal playing 40 minutes thing. Like, do you think he got there artificially? Like, this is a code. You know, I, I can't even reveal that part. But you know what? Um, yeah, I, I'm sure that uh, there was a lot of collaboration that went into this decision to finally flip that switch. But honestly, um, yeah, credit to the Pistons, too. Like, really credit to the Pistons. So happy for the fans. They deserve it. Kate Cunningham came in, cooked, looked awesome. 30 uh, points, 12 assists. Second half was just absolutely torching the Raptors, getting downhill whenever you wanted to. You know, uh, made the adjustment as great players do. You take away one thing, you can score in a different way. Kate Cunningham has that. He had an ankle injury first half. Um, good thing Chris Boucher got tangled up with him, and 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 Cade looked super hobbling. He was super down. Never even came out the game. Stuck it through, trying to very best to get a third win on the season on the eve of New Year's. Respect to Cade, honestly. Respect that kind of effort. That's kind of determination you need to lead the group. Bojan Bogdanovic. He's old but he still makes big plays. Kevin Knox, where has this been your whole career? But at least they did it here. Poster dunks, buzzer-beating threes, ridiculous stuff. Jalen Dern, really impressive, really promising. He's become at least the 10th or the 11th center so far in direct matchups to come in and outplay Jakob Pertl. 18 points, 17 rebounds, physical presence, goes to the foul line. Everyone's begging for him to miss a free throw. He's a 60% foul shooter, 6-6 from the foul line, including super clutch ones in the fourth quarter. Good for you. Good for you. And honestly, the Pistons, you know what? You deserve this. Like, the wing stop tomorrow is going to hit different. Like, put wing stop out of business tomorrow. Like, the, the city of Detroit needs to stop and actually just get everyone to the wing stop so that they can all collect their five free wings after every Pistons game. Um, but for the Raptors, honestly... You know, I've used the phrase, you can go through the podcast feed, you can scroll through it. It says, Raptors hit a new low with, you know, whatever, this, 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 this. We're going to look back on the season. We're probably going to forget everything else to happen this season. There's another 50 games to go. Obviously, no playoffs, nothing like that. Uh, Not the way they're playing. But, like, we are going to look back on this season, the 2023-2024 Raptors, and we're going to remember it as the team that lost to the Pistons. So uh, that does it for the reaction podcast. Thanks everyone for listening. Oh, in terms of the, so that's the podcast portion. Uh, I just wanted to quickly touch on the incoming players, RJ Barrett and uh, Emmanuel quickly. I hope you guys are too busy moving uh, to watch this game because honestly, like, please, please, it, it's, it's going to be uphill. It's going to be better from here. I promise because of you guys coming in quickly is going to be our most dynamic scoring guard since at least Kyle Lowry. Like, Kyle, obviously, prime Kyle is, is his own thing. He was amazing. Quickly comes in, is going to be immediately the most dynamic guard you will see on this team. And that's all due respect to Dennis, who tonight, 30 points, 9 assists, 11 of 18 shooting. Great stuff. Quickly has a great skill set, a great floater, a great ability to shoot, catch and shoot threes, you know, pull up threes. It's going to change a lot of things for the Raptors to see that level of perimeter creating and scoring because we have badly needed that. Um, you know what? That is a good one. That is a really good one. Hopefully it pans out. I'd love to see how much more he has defensively. I'd love to see how he does as a consistent full-time starter. love to see him develop as a passer as well. It's a step in the right direction. We needed that type of player and somebody who's young enough to have room to grow. So I'm happy with that deal. RJ Barrett, 
I know like a lot of the expectations are quite low already. He hasn't been very efficient. He has lows. He has highs. You know what? It's not too dissimilar for most young players. I think there is a version of R.J. Barrett that has still yet to be unlocked, and there's no guarantee that the Raptors unlock that. But you know what? He's going to get an opportunity here. So welcome home to R.J. Barrett. Um, he's a guy who's always been, you know, um, you know, a starting level player for, for his career. Um, low efficiency, but, you know, can he hit catch and shoot threes well? Can he attack off the dribble? Those are things that he can do. Maybe not like all the time, every single play, but like we had three set expectations here. He's on a pretty, like in terms of especially the inflation of contracts now, on a decent enough deal where it's like it wouldn't surprise me if he was mostly neutral, like worth the amount of money he gets made, but not too much more. And then if he makes a jump, then we'll look at it really well. But he has a good scoring skill set. Needs to figure out that I don't think that just as a power game, like he's not necessarily out jumping, out dunking, out whatevering um, players the way he did when he was coming up in college, when he was coming up in high school, when he was a phenom in the league, doesn't have the same advantages. But he still has a lot of secondary skills that I think he can rely on more. There's a way to get a more efficient version of R.J. Barrett. He's had some good playoff games as well. Go look up some of the runs that he had last year. This is obviously an optimistic take, but I do believe in that because why not be optimistic on a night where the Raptors lose to the Pistons? If you wanted more cogent, long-form trade analysis, Blake Murphy had you covered. Uh, I hopped on there for 30 minutes as well, but he did like a two-hour show uh, right after the trade, so you can find that in the podcast feed. Multiple guests he got on there, so I'd love to hear um, you know, more thoughts on sort of that deal, what the future of the Raptors looks like, but for right now, we have to sit in this. We lost to the Pistons. I've been your host, Will Lou. You've been listening to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I beg for you to listen to the next one. 